Hey everyone, welcome back to Get A Heck Yes. Happy Woo Wednesdays. Me and my team, my girl Cindy, we're doing website audits for wedding professionals and we will literally audit your homepage and your bio page of your website. So just go to my Instagram, at Carissa Wu, W-O-O, and DM me the word audit and we will send you back a 10-minute Loom video. So anyways, today I'm super excited. Um, this girl, her name is Elise Dharma. She's on today and I've been following her on YouTube and Instagram for two years and I'm in her program, Video Vault. She is absolutely amazing and she is a social media marketer making Instagram bearable and efficient for business owners since 2013, plus 120K on YouTube. And she lives in Barcelona and she's pregnant and she's adorable. I love her videos and she just helps all business owners not struggle. So today we talk about batching your reels to make your life easier. You are going to love this episode. Welcome to Get a Heck Yes with Carissa Wu. I'm your host, Carissa, and I've been a Los Angeles wedding photographer for over a decade. I've traveled the world, built my team, and seen it all. I now coach wedding photographers hit 10K a month and build a thriving business. In this podcast, we are going to deep dive into how top wedding creatives get that heck yes from their dream clients. We are not holding back on the struggles of the business and how to push through the noise. Some healthy hustle, mindset shifts, up-leveling your money story, time hacks because I'm a mom of two, a little bit of woo-woo, and most importantly, self-love and confidence are just a few of the many things we will talk about. I want to give you a genuine thank you for following along my journey. I hope to inspire you every Woo Wednesday so that you say heck yes to listening to this podcast. See you guys soon. Welcome back to Get a Heck Yes with me, your host, Carissa Wu. I have a very special guest today. Her name is Elise Dharma. If you don't know her, she is so super famous on Instagram. She is a marketing educator who specializes in helping not so insta famous people like us and make real revenue directly from the free apps we know and love. She's helped over 30,000 people truly grow their businesses, including me, sell more programs and build money making brands. Elise has been featured in her social media marketing expertise in Forbes, holy cow, entrepreneur, digital marketer, and social media examiner. And today's hot topic is how to easily batch video content. Welcome, Elise Dharma. Thank you, Carissa. I love your energy with the introduction. So let's do this. I'm excited to dive in. Yay. Where are you located? Currently, I am in Barcelona, Spain. So I'm like nine hours ahead of you. Well, where are you uh, originally from? I'm from Vancouver, Canada, and left Vancouver as a young adult, spent 12, 13 years in Toronto. And then 2020 was a big catalyst year for my then boyfriend, became my fiance uh, to leave Toronto. And we actually moved to Mexico for a bit. And then we came to Spain. So we've been here for almost two years now. Oh, I guess when you have an online business, you could be anywhere in the world. (laughs) That's it. That's it. I've had an online business for 10 years. I was kind of ready for a change. I've always wanted to live in Europe. I have my European passport. It just felt like, let's try it now. Why not? So here we are. We showed up with six suitcases between us. And now we have like a whole apartment full of stuff. So 
we're definitely more based here. Like we're not nomadic, like I have been in the past, but mm. we're also expecting a baby. So that changes priorities. Congratulations. I know you're holding a little basketball. You don't know if it's a boy or a girl. So it's yeah. a surprise ever. Congratulations. I guess you. in your words, like tell us a little bit about your journey. Um, you can start even as young as a, a kid and then where it took you to today now in your business, what it looks like. Yeah, I love that question because I can go really far back. I, as a kid, I would say I was like a perfectionist, needed to be the little perfect daughter, goody two shoes. And that served me well. I was a straight A student in high school and I really took that on as my identity. You know, like I really took that as part of my value and my worth. And it took my 20s to kind of re <laughs> redo that psychology and that conditioning that I'm more than just my, my brains and, and education. Um, but I would say I, I grew up in a very conservative religious household. And at 18 years old, I traveled to Europe for the first time. And that was really when I felt true freedom. It was like I was on a high the whole time because I could be who I wanted to be for the first time ever. And then I just became addicted to travel after that. And in my 20s, I would say 20 to 25 were, were tougher years because I was experimenting. I was trying so much. I studied construction management. Then I studied business. Then I ended up with a degree in uh, radio and television arts. I thought I wanted to be an on-air broadcaster, which I did. But um, I'm so glad I didn't go the traditional media route because my university job that I got in 2010 was relatively new at the time. And it was as a social media marketer for a tech incubator space within the university. So I was lucky to be in a, in a position in a workspace that was really on the frontier of what was happening with technology and digital media. And I thought, well, oh, this is an easy job. I just have to, you know, do some Facebook posts, do some Twitter posts. That was the extent of it back then. But being in that environment, being around startup entrepreneurs was amazing for me. That's where I got my very first client just through word of mouth. They said, hey, Elise, like, you know, social media, can you grow my Instagram for me? And this was a fashion brand, a friend of mine who was looking for a quote marketing rock star. And I thought, well, I do want to do this whole four hour work week, Tim Ferriss, work in Bali. <laughs> yeah, me so, too. Yeah, that's what got me going. And I said, well, I'm looking to take on some client work on the side of my day job. And so a week later, we had a contract signed. I was making $1,000 extra a month with this contract with this client. And I just thought it was the greatest thing ever. Like I still had my day job income and I was making an extra $1,000. So I was able to like climb out of credit card debt. And with time, word of mouth spread. And I had three more clients. So I was pretty maxed out, but I loved it for nine months. I did my day job and I did client work on weekends and nighttime during the nights. And I was able to make so much money, but eventually wow. I was super thrilled with that. Um, but eventually I just knew I couldn't keep doing both. It wasn't sustainable. So I made the decision to quit my day job, which gave me that network. And that was in 2014. So I've been a full-time entrepreneur since then. I went on to run an agency and serve e-commerce clients um, with their mar marketing and social media needs. I did do my eat, pray, love trip. I went to you know, <laughs> uh, Bali, Australia, Hawaii. Oh my God. That was the whole goal. And then I spent a couple of years just being a digital nomad. I had this online business and I was making 
my day job salary, if not a little bit more for a few years. And that was great. Like I was able to travel and Toronto was still my base, but I still spent about three to four months of every year traveling oh my and a social media agency. Yeah. And then in 2016, I realized, huh, my, my income, my revenue is the same every year. And I'm not going to get financially independent this way. I have location independence, but I want money. So I thought, well, I need to get more clients. And I decided to grow my personal account on Instagram as a way to be a portfolio piece to show clients like, Hey, I did this for myself and my other clients. I can do it for you. And what ended up happening was the summer of 2016, I grew to 30,000 followers I only cared about looking Insta famous. I didn't know their email, <laughs> I didn't know their names. I wasn't collecting emails at all. Like I kind of did everything wrong, but I, I I was really swept up into the influencer world. Uh-huh. And um, and so by the end of that summer, I thought there's something here, and there's probably another business here, and there's probably someone who's been there, done that before. And that's literally when I had the first idea to hire a business coach. It didn't even cross my mind. And that's what really put me in this online business world. Because once I hired that coach, I was able to launch EliseDharma.com. I was able to start teaching webinars for free just to understand why people were following me. I then learned that they wanted to know how I was in, how I was growing on Instagram and how I was traveling so much. So then in 2017, I created my first course on how to grow your business on Instagram. Wow. And that that digital product, that is what got my business over the six-figure mark. And that's what changed my trajectory entirely. Because then I went from being an agency owner to, whoa, I really like this whole create one good thing once and sell it over and over again. So in 2017, 2018, 2019, I really got into like funnel marketing and growing an organic audience and really stepping into the Elise Dharma Instagram educator role. And um, then I think I shut my agency in 2020. So it just financially made more sense to focus on digital products. So long story short, that's where (laughs) I am today. (laughs) That's crazy. Okay. So thank you for sharing. That was an amazing story. For agency life, was it more like just running people's Instagrams and it was um, too much busy work for you? It was hard to scale. And yes, I was doing marketing service services for e-commerce brands. So mostly their Instagram growth, sometimes their email list, their email marketing. Um, I really liked it. I loved working with physical product brands, a lot of Shopify brands, but I, I struggled as an agency owner bringing in team members who could help me with the work. And I felt like I was always stuck between five to seven clients. Like it was really hard to scale beyond that, Uh which put me at making, you know, 7,000 ish, maybe 10,000 a month. But my expenses grew every time because I was hiring more people. So I really didn't figure out or know how to scale that agency model. And then I just got really sucked into the digital product model. Interesting. Okay. You mentioned, well, just telling the listeners, you have 184K followers, which is extremely impressive. I have taken many of your courses. I'm in Video Vault and I was um, in the Wheel Wheel of Fortune with you, which was extremely impressive. Um, What does maybe a day in your life look like, or what does your business look like today? Which is your business is incredible. 
It's very different now from agency life. I would say that 2017 to 2019 were a bit of a struggle. There was a lot of learning, you know, figuring out what what how to how to create a webinar, figuring out how to automate it, um, showing up as a person online. Like I didn't, I I know I wanted to be a broadcast journalist, but in my mind, that's kind of like you're an actor a little bit, like you're you're reading your lines as a journalist would, but putting out my Elise Dharma brand, you know, I, I had to figure out how to do that comfortably because I'm an introvert and I don't necessarily want to perform and I don't necessarily want to blast my life on social media. So I felt like I was really figuring that out up until 2019. And actually I almost gave up on my business in 2019. It was, wow. it was tough. It was, I felt like my business was actually becoming paycheck to paycheck. You know, at the beginning of every month where your revenue starts back at zero uh-huh. and you know that you have, you know, a fixed amount of expenses that you need to cover every month, that was the stress I was feeling like, oh, okay, so I need to make at least $7,000 this month. Okay, so I'd like to make 10000 Okay, how am I going to do that? That, that was kind of how I felt in 2019. And yes, I had my Instagram education business, but I kind of felt like an imposter because my Instagram wasn't growing. I would put out new offers and no one would really want them. Like there was just always a mismatch. And I really had to ask myself, do I want this life or do I want to go back to the day job life where I can clock in, clock out, turn my brain off? Mm-hmm. And my then boyfriend at the time, who's now my fiance, he he asked me, like he played devil's advocate and he he'd asked me, so what would it look like to go back to your day job? And even just exploring that, I was like, no, I'm not ready yet. Like there's still more things I can try. And um, that was when I decided to do the opposite of what all the advice was in, in my industry at that time. At that time, everyone was telling me to create a high ticket offer, you know, sell something for a thousand, two thousand, five thousand dollars. I tried that, but my audience was like, mm, nah, uh-huh. like it just wasn't for them. And so I did the opposite and I created a low ticket offer. I created a $27 product, which people at the time said, don't do it because it devalues the rest of your offers and people will look for deals and you'll attract the wrong customers. Uh-huh. They were so wrong. I wow. finally created an offer that matched with my audience. Like they wanted this bite-sized version of my training in a $27 offer, which then they got to know me as a teacher uh-huh. and then they were much more able to buy my course, which at the time was $600. So then 2020 hit and I didn't realize it at the time, but my business was well positioned to help a lot of people who were looking for, oh shoot, I have to get my business online like immediately. So I was very fortunate in that where I was in the market, it was well positioned for people looking for for help during those times. And our business grew quite a bit in 2020. So yeah, things are very different than the agency days. Wow. Today, I am mostly like, yeah, mostly a digital product-based business. And I see myself in the education space. I'd help other business owners, you know, use Instagram, use social media, use short form video to make sales. Because at, at the end of the day, I am my target audience. I'm not an influencer. I'm not a creator. I'm a business owner. I know I have limited hours in the day. I don't want to spend four hours of it memorizing TikTok videos, right? So I really put myself in the shoes of of, of myself. And then that translates over to what, what my audience really cares about. 
And I create, you know, products of different price ranges and strategies for my audience. And then I continue to grow my audience organically, mostly through YouTube and Instagram at this point. And we do use paid ads. And at the same time, I'm not trying to grow a massive business. I know there's this desire to have an empire. Sometimes you'll hear that online. Uh I don't want an empire. I I still think I want a lifestyle business. That was my intent when I started. So Uh I keep my team pretty, pretty lean. You know, there's myself and three core people who run the day to day. And then we have a handful of agencies and other contractors. So that's enough for me. That's that's big enough for me. Um, yeah. There's still always lots of moving parts, but um, that's that's kind of what I've learned. I'm I'm happiest with Aww. is that size. Thank yeah. you for sharing. I love that story. It just makes me think of your Instagram reels where you have like two Elise, like alter ego Elise, and you talking. It's like Elise, what do you want? Yeah. What do you need? And you have to answer for yourself. I would need this. I need some strategies for this. I need to learn about. Yeah, me too. Like I need some AI. Like I. So it's it's funny. It's like you are your own consumer. I am. And that reel you're referencing, I call a two-way conversation. And it's a great way for you as the coach or, you know, the photographer to be a character uh, like as yourself, be the expert. But then your second character, which you can still act out, is your client. So your second character asks those questions that your audience is wondering. It asks those questions that are holding your client back. So that's why I like swapping between those two characters because yes, I can put myself in the shoes of my target customer, but I I teach this, this type of reel to business owners like yourself. And when they try it, they generally get really good results because it just resonates with their audience so well. So if if you followed that description, go ahead and try that format and see how it works for you. Yeah. And I also love what you said when you're now hubby is, um, he asked you like, what do you want? So I've been asking myself that every morning because I do have some struggle busts in for the past three years. So I I've done high offers, you know, like I've done multiple different things and now I have multiple offers, which you said. Um, but it's like, you have to ask yourself, what do you want to, what do you want for your business and for your life? Because you have to wake up and do the work. So you could get really confused with, so much messaging. Um, I'll get newsletters and kind of, you know, chase that shiny object, but I always have to reflect on what I truly want. And your gurus told you, Hey, don't do the $27 offer. And you listen to yourself and you followed your gut and it worked out for you. So that's amazing. I was very lucky. And there were months, if not years of trial and error before that. And I think Mm -hmm. every entrepreneur is familiar with it. Like, yeah, you're hearing my success story now. And I can't promise that this is what your business needs, right? Because it was 2019. It was a different time in the market at, at at that moment. But every entrepreneur knows what it's like to try something. And most times it doesn't work right away. Uh I don't even like using the word failure because every time you try something, you do get data from it, which then helps you make the next decision. So you're just kind of like carving, carving slowly, carving until you get to what's going to work. And I was just very lucky that I continued to try and carve it, carve out my little sculpture before I gave up. And then it did change my business around drastically. So I I commend anyone who's listening, who's feeling that struggle right now 
who's still trying things. And obviously it needs to work for your life, right? Like if your business is costing you money every, every month, and then you need to pay for life, you got to figure something out. But um, for those who, who you are continuing to press at it and figure it out and tweak and see results, like it's not for the faint of heart. That's why not everyone is an entrepreneur, I think. Yeah, they always say someone that makes a million but spends it all um, is poorer than someone that makes 50K and like saves 10K a, a year. So mm-hmm. I always think of that. I dropped off my kids at school to their Japanese preschool. And I think they make the teachers make like $15 an hour, which is low. Um, but I was thinking like they carpooled to work and then they like <laughs> probably don't like have shopping sprees and, you know, they're maybe like have to budget, but at least they know like exactly what they make. So sometimes you have to think about like, you know, cost benefit, but I want to ask you one more question before I go into hot topic. And we're just going to give a little more tactics when we go into hot topic, but what is your woo factor? What makes you stand out? I think that when I think back on my trajectory, I'm not your average attention-seeking personal brand entrepreneur, um, which, you know, most people think those are qualities you need to, to put yourself out there. And it certainly helps. Like if you like the limelight, if you like attention, you're going to do great, especially when you're making content and putting yourself out there. But I would describe myself as an introvert and I'm actually very private with my personal life and very selective about what I put out there. And just putting myself out there like that, the way I am, is my woo factor. That's what other people resonate with. That's what they're they're choosing. That's why they're choosing me over someone else who might be a natural performer, who might be an extrovert, who's kind of intimidating them because that's not how they they are. So me being an, an introvert, but also investing in my skills to put myself out there. For example, as I wanted to become a broadcast journalist, I was interviewed on radio one time across Canada. And they asked me a question and I literally could not talk. Like my heart leapt into my throat. I was so nervous. I squeaked out words. And after that, I thought like, why am I trying to be a journalist? I can't even speak on radio. And it really freaked me out. And so I signed up for Second City improv classes because I knew that was a skill I wanted to develop. And I've honestly used those improv skills for the last 10 plus years. So. That I think is my part of my woo factor too, is that um, I'm always learning. I'm always investing, always adapting to what works best for me. That's amazing. I have similar stories to you because I kind of, I worked in ad agency life um, for about two, three years out of college. And I was into Tim Ferriss, like the four hour work week. And then I was on the radio and I choked too. They actually um, told me they would critique me after. And I didn't even... I didn't hop on the call because I was too embarrassed to hear what they had to say, but I, it was one of those like blackout moments for me, but (laughs) so Mm -hmm. I joined Toastmasters and I'm not good at all, but I've gotten a lot better and more comfortable um, with showing my face on camera help. And thanks to you too, from um, video vault. So yeah, so let's get into it. it. We're talking about batching content. Why is this so near and dear to your heart? Well, for one, I'm about to go on a a three-month mat leave. So batching is really important for me to set myself up to have two, three months off and so that my team has content while I'm off. 
So that's that's a very special circumstantial reason. But normally in day to day, I just I can't be a content creator every single day. I like to segment my week, right? Like I need a day sometimes just for meetings and making strategic decisions. Sometimes I need a day to script YouTube videos. Sometimes I need a day to make a product or prepare a presentation. Like I can't spend two to three hours every day scrolling TikTok, looking for an idea and then making it right. And I think most business owners can relate. Um, you start to feel a little bit like a slave to these apps or a slave to the algorithm or like you work for these apps. That's a good analogy. Right. And you don't want to feel like you work for Instagram. Like, oh, I have to post Instagram today or else they're going to punish me. I just don't think it's a great empowering (laughs) approach when you have a full workload ahead of you. Like you're dealing with so much else other than social media. So batching is my solution to still showing up fairly consistently. I'm not the most prolific. I'm not the most consistent social media person out there, but what works for me is what I've figured out. And batching is the way that I can give the time and mental focus that social media needs, do the recording, do the editing. And then I can like kind of turn that part of my brain off and focus on the next big business task. So it's just the way I'm most productive really. Pardon this short interruption, but me and the Get A Heck Yes team have some exciting news. If you haven't heard, I have a free mini masterclass, how to get on your first preferred venue vendor list, the holy grail of bliss, hot leads, and these couples don't really care about price. It's 20 minutes and packed with goodness. The link is in the show notes. Also, we are offering website copy writing for all wedding professionals. With my digging and coaching skills and my team member, Cindy, with 15 years of copywriting experience, we will create your perfect website copy. We want you to cry of happiness when you get it back and say, wow, I'm so proud of myself as a business owner. Get a free audit of your current site. Go from meh to heck yes. Just DM me your website and I will send you a Loom audit back. My Instagram is at Carissa Wu. Back to the conversation. Yeah, I like how you put it because sometimes when you do just scroll, 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 like you do feel kind of like icky after and just, I try to be like a mommy influencer after my first kid and just, I didn't like that feeling of like trying to put on a cute outfit and taking a cute picture. It just, it didn't make me feel good about it, but it's like that brain, like sometimes it's great. Like we we're creatives, we love to create, um, but when we have to think about it all the time and like what to post or this could be content, like it just takes the fun out of it. It makes me like less present. So yeah, take it away with maybe like two or three tips, but uh, tip number one for batching content. Yeah. So if your audience wants to be more of a batcher and I'm assuming most of your audience, they're photographers, right? So they're oh, wedding pros and yeah, photographers. Yeah. So your day or your day speaking to your audience is probably varied as well, depending on if you have a shoot or if it's an editing day, or let's say you have to update your website or pay your bills. So what I like to do is I use a project management tool called Asana, A-S-A-N-A. It's free. It's amazing. I recommend all business owners, no matter your niche, to use a project management tool, even if you're a solopreneur. It's a a way better place to keep your notes, your ideas, 
and you can move tasks along and you can see how you're progressing. So I'm a big fan of using Asana. So we actually have a project in Asana that's all of our Instagram production. And so myself and my team will will scroll social media, we'll look for ideas and we'll pop them into Asana. And then from Asana, we'll actually plan how I'm going to make that idea work for my business. So, you know, if there's a trend on TikTok, I don't necessarily want to do the trend as is. I want to do it in a way that's going to speak to business owners because that's who I target. And if I'm a local wedding photographer, I'm going to want to make videos that target people in my local area who are planning a wedding, right? Or who are comparing and shopping around for photographers. So you really want to, again, put yourself in the shoes of your target person. So what we do is we adapt those ideas specifically to talk to that target person. So don't think about you and your interests. Think about what does that target client care about right now? If someone's looking on social media for Nashville wedding photographers, what are they wanting to see from you? Are they wanting to see you know, how you edit your photos before and afters? Do they want to see um, how you direct and work with a bride? Do they want to see what comes together in your package? Do they want to see like clips of the wedding ceremony that you captured that are really beautiful? Like, what do they want to see? What are the questions they're asking you? These are all topics you can use for your social media um, brainstorming. Yeah, And so we put up everything into Asana. And then I, again, set aside two hours once a week for filming. Now I don't always film once a week, but it's in my calendar for filming those ideas. And what I'm finding what works today is they're actually easier to film than trends. So two things are working really well for short form video. One is a talking head tip or story. So tips have been hot for a while. Like, Hey, three um, of the best wedding venues in Nashville, right? That could be a talking head tip video. But what I'm seeing on TikTok especially is people really just sharing a story like related to their day-to-day as they're getting ready, as they're making a smoothie. Like it's very natural Um, as they're editing their photos. Maybe they talk through like what's their favorite quick edit, you know, whatever the case may be. But talking head tips and stories are doing really well. And then the other is just filming B-roll of yourself. So as a photographer, I know you're focused on your clients, but whether you're in your office, whether you are meeting someone for a coffee, whether you are actually at a shoot, if you can set up another tripod and have your phone record yourself at work, that's really handy footage to have because then a simple, simple reel is just taking like 10 seconds of that B-roll footage and adding some text and music to it. And of course, making it relevant and high value to the person you're targeting, but it's just so much easier um, when you, when you need something on the fly. So sometimes if you look at my feed and I'm, I've taken a B-roll clip and added text on top, that's because that was the easiest type of reel for me to make that day. And it does really well. Like Instagram loves that style of reel. So I make sure that I have a good library of B-roll. So some of it's filmed in real time and some of it's filmed in uh, time, like with the time-lapse feature. So it's sped up. I find that both are really handy. And then I also give that B-roll over to my team, especially with me taking time off, because then they can take any one of those clips, add text, add music, and they can post it on my behalf. So that's really handy if you have a team or an assistant who helps you with your social media marketing. So that gives you a kind of general idea of my my whole batching process. 
Wow. Okay. Let me recap. So number one, Asana, which is a project management tool, which you turned me on to that. So you're not like scroll brain when you do want to actually produce content, you could just go into that document and it's all laid out with all your ideas. And it it's cool because like once you put it into production, you could kind of transfer it when it's done, you could transfer it to that slot. So it makes everything easy. Number two is you take two hours out of your day to schedule like filming. So you're not, you don't have to film every day, just batch two hours a day, put in the calendar. Um, number three is always ask, what does your ideal client want? Ask them the questions that they want to know, what, what they want to hear. And number four, um, you could give tips and tricks to them and also tell stories, just random stories, maybe to shout out their objections or maybe three poses that they should be practicing. And tip number five is have a B-roll, a library of B-roll. So I'm really good at B-roll and I don't, I know a lot of people say like they don't like to take out their phone, but honestly at weddings, really you could just do five seconds, seven seconds, like the client doesn't care. It's, it's all good. They actually like it. And yeah, I was going to ask you, like, how many reels should people be posting a week and maybe what's the mindset behind before you post or I don't know anything you want to share? Yeah, there's I don't think there's any rhyme or reason. I mean, some people will tell you post three reels a day. And that's if you really are committed to like, I want to grow, I want to populate this algorithm with all my content, let's go. But you also have to figure out a cadence that's realistic for you. So for some people who, who are just getting into reels, um, I'd say three times a week is fine. Like come up with a Monday idea, a Wednesday idea, and a Friday idea in terms of your content theme and repeat that every week and just start building that muscle. And, you know, some people will say, oh, just go for volume, like post as many reels as you possibly can. But yes and no, you can if you're experimenting and you have a ton of ideas and you just want to see what works. But I'm a fan of quality over quantity as well. Like make one really good reel for your Monday instead of trying to do three that day. Make one really good reel or carousel post for your Tuesday or your Wednesday. So again, there's no hard and fast rule. It depends on as a business owner, what works for you. And if you can do three days a week consistently, and then if it works, start boosting that up to five days. I think that would be a good, a good aim. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Okay. I want to talk about your last two reels because they really resonated with them with me, but first one is to be cringy. I think people are going to like this because a lot of objections is I don't like to be in front of camera, not makeup ready. My high school friends are going to judge me. Even my current friends are going to judge me. So speak a little bit about that, why it's good to be cringy or okay to be cringy. Yeah, this is a concept that I saw on TikTok and I made my own spin on it because it's so true. And that whole idea is, is that the secret to quote success in business or on social media is to make yourself cringe. And this is a term that Gen Z especially loves using. I'm a millennial. So just in case you're listening, you're like, what does that mean? It just <laughs> means that you're pushing yourself out of your own comfort zone to the point where you, you might cringe looking at yourself. But <laughs> I truly believe when I look back on the trajectory of the way I have put myself out there, yes, sometimes it was embarrassing. And as an introvert, I didn't necessarily want to do those things. 
but there were so many key moments where I, I was making myself cringe, but funny enough, you know, you adapt to that thing that once made you cringe three months later, you're so used to it that you're on to the next level thing. And I do feel like you're just, it's a way for you to constantly put yourself slightly outside your comfort zone. And then when you get comfortable there, you put yourself outside your comfort zone again and again, again, because you're trying new things, you're growing your business, you're putting yourself out there, you're, you're a personal brand. So I have seen myself cringe over the last 10 plus years in many ways, but I'd much rather be that kind of person who tries things, even uh-huh. if I'm like, this is uh-huh. a little embarrassing, um, than someone who stays safe in their shell and just watches uh-huh. other people do what I want to do. So oh, yeah, I love that. And I, um, I was on your reels of fortune, which was like a whole week spent with you on your Facebook a Facebook yeah. group and you actually did in real time how to record and edit your five tips and tricks and you were sweating a little bit because you got you had some like your phone you had like your outlets and um you were doing it and I'm sure that's not easy so you definitely put the pressure on yourself to perform so I love that about you another definitely I'm always up for a challenge yeah, and showing owners yeah, that was awesome. I was like, wow, good job. Um, another <laughs> video I loved was how you had a question and you put it in chat GPT. And I think you said something like make this into a TikTok format and it kind of like, blah, 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 like, like came out. Um, speak a little bit about, about that. Yeah, this this was a prompt related to my product that you said you have called Videos Vault. And so Videos Vault is a bank of 300 videos for your short form platforms. And the idea is, is they're not trend-based videos, but they're, they're evergreen topics that your clients, your audience is always searching for. So all social media platforms are moving towards search-based content, by the way, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube's already been about search. So when you're creating video topics that, that hit on those, those questions, those objections that people have, your your video has the potential to be seen for not just weeks, not just months, but sometimes years. Wow. And so that was the power of Videos Vault, putting putting the best strategic ideas into one place. Now pair that with ChatGPT, you take one of the prompts or one of the ideas inside of Videos Vault and you literally tell ChatGPT, hey, write this, take this idea and write it to become a script for a TikTok. I want this idea to be relevant to you know, engaged brides who are planning their wedding in Nashville, Tennessee, and they're wondering which photographer to choose. Wow. <laughs> that one, what that one example. So when you give ChatGPT the specifics of who you help and how, and then pro- pop in an idea that comes from Videos of All, which has areas that you would fill in this information, now instead of you having to fill in that information, ChatGPT can help you fill in that information. And that's how I see AI and ChatGPT especially is it's an assistant to your marketing. It's an assistant to your copywriting. It's not going to replace strategic thinking. It's not going to replace that human to human connection, but you can definitely use it to help you brainstorm ideas. I'm using it more and more every day, like to help me come up with a YouTube script idea or a metaphor or a story that I can relate to a problem I'm talking about. It's really, really powerful to use as that assistant. 
Oh, so interesting. That was that was definitely a mind blowing tip. Um, to someone struggling right there, right now, to struggling with Instagram, getting leads on Instagram, showing their face, filming, batching. What would you say? What they should do today to just get unstuck. So, well, if you're doing all those things, I would be surprised if one thing isn't working or if you're not seeing traction with one thing. Um, but if you're feeling stuck, sometimes your customers, your clients, your leads, your sales are right underneath your nose and you don't even realize it. Sometimes you feel like I just need to put out content, put out content like you're a broadcaster. But the truth is Instagram is a beautiful two-way channel. It's a two-way conversation. Don't think of yourself as a broadcaster who just publishes content and then you exit the app. So what I would do is hyper-focus on who is following you already. Because sometimes we get worried like, oh, I only have 100 followers. Well, put yourself in a room of 100 people and speak to them. Like it's not not the most easiest. It's a little nerve-wracking. And so take the time to go through and send a private DM message to every one of those followers or any new follower. Take the time to reach out to them and say, hey, thanks for following me. What brought you to my neck of the woods? Or thanks for following me. I see you're also based in Nashville, Tennessee. What's your favorite bar park to go to? You know, like you can be a real human. And sometimes business owners feel a little awkward because um, you know, it's 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 a stranger on the internet, but uh, I don't want to DM them and be a spam spammer. You're not a spammer. You're a human. And, and sometimes <laughs> the easiest way to start that conversation is maybe you don't want to DM them or message them right away. But when you see someone's followed you, that's already an olive branch being extended your way. First of all, they're already showing interest in you. Secondly, um, you can just look at their stories, reply to their story as a, as a human would like, oh my gosh, I love that hat. Where is it from? They're going to see your message as a request in their inbox. They can accept it and start that conversation with you. So you're not even talking about work. You're not even pitching your services. You're just connecting with them human to human. And I think that is the most underrated aspect of Instagram that businesses get caught up in because they want the followers, they want the fame, they want the views, they want the virality. Majority of my students have less than a a thousand Instagram followers and they're making four or five figures from Instagram by doing exactly what I just said. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. It's like, yeah, you want to be seen by all these people, but you really just need a couple that you could have like an intimate connection with. So that's a yeah. really good mindset shift. Um, all right. Well, thank you for this. I'm going to ask you some fun questions now. That, that was amazing. I love your story. Um, what are you going to do for your three month mat leave? Like I know I hang out with the baby completely and um, do all the things, but like, what are you looking forward to most about that and being a mom? Yeah, aside from learning what newborn life is all about. um, It's crazy. (laughs) Yeah, I'm trying to keep the bar of expectation very low. But today (laughs) I was was doing some filming for YouTube and I was was, uh, doing a little bit of acting in the kitchen. And my fiance, Jalil, he like kept showing interest in it. I was like, oh, I think you're ready for being on video. And so I just threw out the idea, like maybe when we have, quote, so much time, unquote, with a newborn, (laughs) a joke. Um, maybe we start like a totally separate YouTube channel talking about 
you know, our expat-ish life in Spain or how have we moved here or what is our day-to-day life in Spain? You know, like there's so many YouTube genres around that, that, that idea, but I ran it past them. Like maybe we just should start YouTubing while we're off, um, which is a joke because I doubt we'll have much free time, but let's (laughs) see, maybe we'll have a a magic baby. A batching day, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, And so other than that, again, I'm just, I'm just trying to keep my brain and sleep schedule as open as possible to adapt to life with a newborn. But I also have taken this course that in my back, in back of my mind, I'm going to dig into it when I'm on maternity leave. And it's about something non-business related, which I like digging into. It's a little bit more woo. It's a course on manifestation, which is something that I've always felt drawn to in a way. And I really like the teacher of the course and I thought I'd support her business and also go through her course when I'm, when I'm on mat leave. So. Oh yeah. Give see. her a shout out. I'll follow her. Manifestation, babe. Catherine. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. She's, she's got a huge following. She's just a very um, bright personality and uh, yeah, I've just followed her and tried out some of her things for years. So I thought, mm. On my mat leave, I'll go through the course and see what yeah, happens. Yeah, you have your team in place. This is funny because I just thought of this as we were speaking, but I've been following you for a while through YouTube and it's crazy that we're talking right now. I manifested that, but um, <laughs> you taught me the question because I had just become a coach, um, but you taught me the magic wand question. So where would you see your business in three months if you had a magic wand? Mm-hmm. That's a great question to ask, like on discovery calls, right? With future yeah, clients. You taught me that. Yeah, it's yeah, it's um it's a it's a way for you to understand the mindset of your potential client, know that you can help them, but also know where they ultimately want to go. And it's a really powerful way to close that client too. So I'm glad you discovered that. Yeah. So where would you see your I'm asking you, where would you see your business in three months? Because like, I'm sure it's gonna grow when you're not when oh you're man. Close. Yeah. <laughs> So that would be exactly about the time I'd have a baby um, (laughs) if the baby comes on time. So hopefully in three months, I am not needed whatsoever. In fact, I won't be available. My core team will be running things amazingly well. And our revenue will be, will be higher than our expenses. Wow. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> That's the goal that I, the things that I'm working on now, I see as a big investment so that we're automating, we're creating things that will help my team generate sales even while I'm off. And that will be amazing to see all those things working while I'm off, while I'm, while I'm not needed. And honestly, I told my team, I might come back from mat leave and not have a job anymore. And that's not a bad thing, right? Like if I'm outsourcing or if I'm removing myself from the business and I come back and only have to do the things that I can only do, like the videos, the YouTube Uh training, that'd be really cool. So I'm excited to see if that happens. You got this girl. You're amazing. You inspire me. Um, Tell everyone where to find you and your freebie, which is, I just signed up for it. So I'm like, I have all your stuff. (laughs) Oh, cool. Yeah. So Elise Dharma is my handle across everything. D-A-R-M-A. And you can find me on Instagram. Of course, feel free to send me a DM and say, Hey, that you heard me on this podcast. And we're reviving my YouTube channel, which has over 100,000 subscribers, but I kind of took a sabbatical over the last almost year. So I'm excited to get content going out there again. 
And in terms of a free resource, especially if you want to dig more into short form video, head to onvideo.co yes. slash calendar, and you're going to get a free month of real ideas onvideo.co slash calendar. Yay. Thank you, Elise. I'm going to uh, post this on next Wednesday. So I'll send you all. Oh, awesome. And I'm, um, it was a great conversation. I truly appreciate your time. Yeah, I love your energy. You had a smile on the entire time, which is su- such a skill in and of itself. <laughs> <laughs> That's genuine. <laughs> Thanks for joining me this week on Get a Heck Yes with Carissa Wu. Make sure to follow, subscribe, leave a review, or tell a friend about the show. Take a screenshot and post to IG. Tag me. Also, don't forget to download my free guide on how to become a lead generating machine. See you next time, Wedding Pros.